Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. We are back once again to talk about the NFL. It's me, Simon, Shamil and Chanel. It's a full huddle today. We've managed it, guys. We've all managed to get on a call together. Oh, and what, what an episode to be come back to because the NFL has been kicking off the last couple of days. Rookies start today as well. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, 18th July, but there are rookies in the building, right? I like it. Like how you, it took you so long to figure out what the date was. Yeah, I, was I, I, I could, I could see the cogs the actually turning in the head, <laughs> like trying to figure out the date. But yes, uh, first day of uh, rookie minicamp, isn't it? Today, first time they're going to get in the pads. It just means football's around the corner, though. I like this. Like it means that we're only a few weeks away from the preseason games. As well as our fantasy weeks. draft, I'm pretty sure. Two and a half weeks. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we don't need to worry about that for now. What we need to worry about is DeAndre Hopkins sabotaging his own legacy. <laughs> yep. The signing with the Titans. <laughs> He's, well, like, all off-season, since he got re- released from Arizona, there's, there's been a lot of talk about where will he go? Will he go help a contender? He put out there that he wanted to go to a contender. He wanted to help out, make people's life easier. Um, and what does he do? He signs a two-year, 26 million contract with the Titans, um, a team that is not going anywhere, right? Can we can we get the obvious issue with this out of the way first? Like, DeAndre Hopkins in his career, let's be honest, is going to have some three of the worst NFL uniforms in NFL history. Like, <laughs> let's be honest about that. Texans, Cardinals, times it's not a good look for his image. It's I not. Mean, I, I agree with that. That's the, that's the least of my concerns with this. The man has never played with a good quarterback, and this is the trend is still going on. Like, I know there's some Kylie Murray, Kyler Murray defenders out there, but he, he goes to the Titans, and his choice of quarterback there is Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, or... Um, the new guy that they drafted, who Will Levis. Will Levis, thank you. Well, well, this, this, well, this shows that Will Levis isn't really in contention unless if something really wrong happens. This shows that the Titans, just two years removed from the number one AFC seed, let's not forget, are going all in again with Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. They, I mean, you're, you're, you're laughing, but they're one of the two teams who... A lot of teams will pick for the for their division. I I agree with that, right? So I, I agree that they potentially got a chance to be a divisional winner now because you look at the AFC South, outside of the Jaguars, you know, Colts and Texans are both in a bit of a car crash situations, trying to sort of like right themselves. Whereas the Titans were sort of middling, um, and they do put themselves in contention to you know win that division. The problem is. It's not just about winning the division. It's then about going ahead against the juggernauts of the AFC in the playoffs to make it to the Super Bowl. And you can't tell me that this Titans team are going to be able to compete with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, you know, of the DeAndre Hopkins just went to the team that paid him the most money here. Like, absolutely. Ignore what he said. He went to the team that paid him the most money, but also. No other team who was contending went to really pay go go in for him and pay a good money. Like the they were Titans, all get underballing him. I would bank on the Titans having a bigger chance to topple the Chiefs than the Bills. 
Like, let's be honest. Like, there's there's two teams in the AFC that are the superpowers. But, but the Bills but, weren't offering the money. It was really I, I know. down to the Titans I know, and the Patriots. I'm talking, I'm talking about he could have he could have waited for an offer. But the only two teams, if we if he's chasing a ring, there's the Chiefs and the Bengals. They are two best bets. And yep. the Titans, I would argue, would fancy themselves as third in that conversation. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. You think the Titans are the third best team in the AFC South? I don't. I don't. But I'm sure they will consider <laughs> look around and think that they can. Well, they can I mean, see. you can say that about every team, consider themselves to be like the best well, team. Well, the, t- the Titans were the last team really to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? But the the problem is like they play their way of football. So DeAndre Hopkins is going to be not the focal point. But I, if you're mentioning the Bills, I reckon if they offered him a contract, it was like. 10 to 12 million a year. He got 15 million. He looked at that Odell Beckham Jr. money. It's not 15, is it? It's 15 with incentives. It's, yeah, it, so it's 12. It's 12, and then it can go up 15. to 15. But I reckon that the Bills were willing to offer him, like, okay, 7, 10 base. Yeah, I, I think, I think, but I think that's sort of reasonable for, a, and, and this is harsh, but like, I think that's reasonable for a guy that's had injury problems the last couple of years. He he's still a last year, not rather than injured. He just What's suspended. That? He only was suspended he, last he year. He did have injury. Injury. He did have uh, some games from injuries, rather. Yeah. Now, fair enough. He's, but he still was balling. He wasn't like he was no, on no. pace for like thirteen, fourteen hundred yards. But he but he's also a, a guy who's one more year closer to thirty. He's a he's a guy that, for me, he still probably has like some of the best hands and and some, can run some decent routes. But the way that the NFL's going, possession receivers, which is more what his style is, rather than a guy that can do it all, like he he's not quick, and I feel like speed kills. No, no, yeah, but he's, he's, he's exactly quick, what he's the Buffalo. He, he is quick. Is I think his quickness is underrated. M- maybe so, but like compared to like the the young guys coming through, the quick guys, the ones with absolute burst, like those are the guys that people are looking for nowadays. The skinny guys, but yeah. like my my thing is. Bills could do with a player like him because they don't have that guy. Absolutely. You want to build, you want to build a basketball team, as they say in a lot of these American uh, sports shows. But they don't have any possession type receiver. Also, the Ravens—they're failed with drafting young receivers. So, so who do they get? They get Odell Beckham. But is Odell Beckham better than D Hop for what they want to do? I don't necessarily. I don't. Think I, don't I don't think so. I think I think D Hop could have fit in in Baltimore if they didn't already have Odell Beckham. But yep. they choose to go, get Odell Beckham over D-Hop, really. They they fumbled a bit like if they were on the receiving end of a better trade, like when the Cardinals got Hollywood Brown for uh, but, for because AJ Brown was cheaper than him. They've uh, the Ravens have done the opposite and fumbled this this deal. Well, I, I thought that Odell Beckham was was signed before Hopkins became available. Everyone knew Hopkins was available, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, get it. True trading stuff. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. They wanted, they wanted to get Lamar signed up, so that that's why Odell had to happen when it did. Hey, this just makes the Titans versus Texans games more enjoyable. There's a storyline to it. It's just, Texans. It's still not oh, really yeah. that, it's still not really that enjoyable. My, like, at the end of the day, the Titans are a team that didn't like to throw the ball before because they like to run the ball with Henry. They're still going to be a team that's not going to like to throw the ball. I, I just, for me, it's good for the Titans. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel the Titans have done well to get a receiver of his quality in the room, in the locker room, on the pitch. It's just that I feel it's a disappointment for Hopkins here. 
he came out and said he wants to compete, he wants to go for a ring, to go to a team that's just not competing. Does this move the needle for you in terms of the division picks? Because we did our episode, you know, way too early season picks a while ago now. And I think Sham and I picked the Jags. Simon, you went and picked the Colts, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember. I might have picked the Colts. I have a like a, a sneaky um, place in my heart for the Colts. Uh, does this I move, mean, the, move the needle in terms of where the division... I, I don't think so. I think, I think the division still runs through uh, Jacksonville at this moment in time. I feel like the coaching staff with Doug Pedersen took a great step up. And like they they make shrewd moves in the off-season with free agency. They've got Ridley, which has got a lot of potential. And I like what they did like on Monday, which was sign Evan Ingram to a long-term deal. Three-year, $41 million contract, which not too shabby for a guy that actually was really helpful for them last season in playing that tight end position. His contract was essentially the two tag years and then the team has the option on the third year. And um, it's well-deserved after he balled out last year. I think Jacksonville, he fits the Jacksonville system really well. He fits Doug Pedersen's role and what he expects out of the tight end. And for the Jags, it's just continuously building on what they had last year. Like Trevor Lawrence and this Jags offense is pretty much going to be intact the next two to three years with this, this weaponry. And it's what Doug Pedersen did in Philadelphia was there were a lot of options for Carson Wentz when they won the Super Bowl. It well, wasn't that, just one name. Well, that, that's what I like about this Jaguars team now. Uh, as much as I hate to give them any credit because Shamal overdoes it for us here, but um, I like the fact that they've got a lot of weapons on their offense now. Like across the wide receiver, Ridley, um, Zay Jones, and the Christian Kirk, it's a good receiver room. Depending on how, what Ridley's like, condition is, how he comes back to play. Still question marks. But like you add Evan Ingram as the tight end in that, in that situation, I feel that's a, that's a good-looking offense, re- realistically, with ETN and, and Trevor Lawrence. And then yeah. they, drafted, they drafted offense, offense, offense as well. They went offensive tackle, tight end. They did draft a move tight end, interestingly. You can imagine, so it'll be a uh, Goddard type of thing they're trying to do now with two tight end sets. It allows for Jags to do that. And then they got uh, uh, ETN, a backup running back. I still think it's going to be like, I think Tennessee are so well coached with Drable yeah. and they're, they're well, a tough team. Well, this, this season, coming season, will rest on Trevor Lawrence and his development now. They've got all the pieces around him. He needs to prove that he was, he's the guy who they drafted at number one overall. For me, it's also the defense still has a lot of holes. Like the Jags defense was not good against the pass last year, and they're still they haven't added to it. They no, haven't addressed it. No, they haven't addressed all. it. In fact, they've lost their top sack guy last year. So they're, they're basically to they're the basi- Titans. They're basically relying on their offense to be able to keep control of the ball, put points on the board for them. But let's yeah. move on away. Let's you know I don't want to talk about Jacksonville anymore because but Engel, can't be bothered. One thousand yard coming maybe. Uh, so. Uh, too many I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Titans right now in the, that division. In that division, yeah. I, I'm going to stick with the Jags, I feel. But let's move on now and let's talk about the ongoing running back disrespect that is happening league-wide. Um, obviously, there were three high-profile running backs that were on franchise tags. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. No one got a deal. Are you surprised by this? No, I think it was expected. I th- I. Josh Jacobs, I, I definitely wasn't expecting a deal there. The team, the, the, it's got some bad juju around it. 
they've clearly disrespected Josh Jacobs. Second, Barkley is the only one I'm really disappointed about by the Giants because they had the money. They had the cap. They decided to go with Daniel Jones to get his long-term deal. I would have done it the other way around. Sign up your franchise running back, Daniel Jones, give him a one wait and see year and see if you need, need to go another way in quarterback. Um, Tony Pollard, I, I would have locked him up, but the Cowboys, I I, I think they're too hesitant now. They gave, they gave Zeke the bag and now they I don't think, want to do it. Yeah, I, I think they don't want to get bit twice. Like I, I don't hate the the move from the Cowboys at all. Not, giving, not giving Pollard the money. No, because at the end of the day, you don't want to get bit twice. You've never seen Pollard with a big body of work. He's only ever been like a complimentary running back to, to Zeke or like he has taken over some games and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just calling him like Zeke's backup, but he, he was, he, he has, well, he just hasn't done it by himself is what I'm saying. So it's kind of, it'd be nice to see him be the lead back, be the guy responsible for taking like the first second down every play, not just coming in as the relief guy coming in. Cause that was sort of what Zeke was doing for him. Like you could argue that there was a bit of Zeke coming in, pounding the rock, softening up the, defensive front for Pollard to be able to make those big gains. I so, think the Cowboys will move in the direction where a lot of teams are going and draft your running back at some point, use them up for about six, seven years, add the using the tags, change them again. Like it's going that way. And Pollard Pollard could be an exception at the, at the end of his contract. He doesn't have tread to his tires. That's what teams are afraid of the most. When like during their second contract is when they usually fall off and then I think you just got I think you've just got to be wary though. I know you talk about not having a lot of tread, but come this season now, um if he's the lead back there, how many times are gonna give him the ball? I know we're going oh. into a Mike McCarthy system where it might not be it's more it's more running than what they've done before then. Yeah, I'm kind of worried for Pollard in one sense. Like he had what 193 carries last year. So you know that's like around Austin Eckler range. You know, his he was a complimentary back. Uh, but I'm worried that they're going to do a Demarco Murray with him as last year with the Cowboys, yep. run him to the ground completely, yep. and then just you know let him go in field and then, and then kick him to the curb. Yeah, like they did I, draft the coaches. Well, uh, was it coach? Sorry, a scout's son, uh, Vaughn. Yeah, and he looked good in camp as well. So maybe they do. But if that they, if that's the case. All fantasy uh, guys out there should be drafting Tony Pollard first rounder. That's it. If that's the but case. I I I hate all this. Like, oh, this rookie looked good in training camp. Like, don't talk to me about it until there's actually playing. It's all shorts, isn't it? So, well, no everyone yet. everyone's gonna look great in training until we get to the actual games. Um, back to the Saquon and Josh Jacobs though, because um, the difference between them and Pollard is Pollard isn't looking at skipping out training camp. He's looking at still attending, still playing He's the season. Signed his tag. Um, Barkley and Jacobs, they the word on the street is that they are both sitting at at least training camp, um, both potentially sitting out the 2023 season. Does that hurt the stock at all? Does that do you think that would be a negative move for them? How, how do you feel? Listen, these guys are established, they finished what they were top Jacobs and Barkley were third and fourth, I think, in the ESPN's latest running back rankings from uh, the league. Um, and via survey it's like these guys have a body of work we mentioned it before they have a body of work they are looking to get that big payday now they've they've delivered everything for their teams above their contract their rookie deal doesn't pay them as much as 
what they've delivered. Especially when you look at like Barkley and what Jacobs had to go through last year when he was really mistreated, I think, by the coaching staff in the first place. Jacobs was, yeah, Jacobs was. And Barkley has been carrying that Giants team. It's not Daniel Jones, it's Barkley. So, like, but both of these teams are thinking in the modern way, right? Philadelphia, Kansas City, they don't pay their backs. They move on from their backs. So my my big concern, though, uh, we talk about them sitting out a year. The last running back that I could think that like, sat out of year was Le'Veon Bell. And when he was at Pittsburgh, he looked like out. He was one of he was talked about as one of the better running backs in the league. Uh, sits out a year, goes to New York Jets, and becomes forgettable. He's he's came out in the media recently and said he regretted it. Uh, but the issue with Bell was kind of different in the sense that he saw himself as a, a running back slash wide receiver and he was arguing for just more guaranteed money. These guys are arguing for a fair pay in relation to their peers because uh, as soon as the, the cap for all these positions has gone up over the years, for every single position besides running back where it's actually gone down, it's 10.1 million now. I, I believe in the Lev Bell area, it might have been around 13, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think this is a completely different situation where, unfortunately for them, I don't see them holding out. Not because Bell regrets it. He, he soured his relationship with the Steelers and all that. But I think it's because the running back market, all, of, all the GMs are essentially saying, you're not worth it. And we go into next year where you've got Saquon Barkley again, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and you've got other running backs uh, now in Eckler, Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, I believe. Yeah. Six of the best running backs of the last decade will be potentially free agents next year. And they're gonna... no one, and and the, the, there'll be so much supply in a sense that the demand won't meet it and, and they'll be taking low contracts. So this is They're holding out for respect, but unfortunately there's too many good running backs. Well, I, th- I think that's like the problem league-wide, isn't it? I think running backs, as much as like we talked about, because Christy McCaffrey is always is always like the the sticking point. We talk about how good McCaffrey is and how much he brought to that 49ers offense. But outside of McCaffrey, I I would argue that th- see this is where I'm going to disrespect running backs now, and I don't care. No, I the, know where you're going. I'm 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 not on board with this. I don't care. That my my issue is I feel uh, running back as a position is a position where it's easier to find guys to have a good game. Like it's easier to find running backs that can do a hundred yard games nowadays, rather than find receivers that can receive for a hundred yards in a game. Cause oh, playing easily, re- easily. Playing a lot receivers of receivers in the top, top picks. A lot of running backs aren't top picks. But there's a reason for that. And there's a lot of the running backs that like, you don't see many undrafted receivers make it in the league, but you don't see them even become backups in the league because they're not, it's, it's a tough, position to play whereas at running backs a lot of like the backup running backs are undrafted guys or guys that are picked at lower like lower draft picks because it's an easier position to play in a lot of ways this is the isaiah pacheco argument right he he came in as a seventh round rookie last year with the chiefs did a did a decent job um did a great my my issue is you you don't find austin eckler's grown on trees you don't find them Yes, he was undrafted himself, I believe. Don't, but the, these guys deserve the back. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, people like Eckler and and uh, Pollard and all of these guys, 
they're, they're great to have on your team. But I just feel like you there is only, I know, you know, being a Saints fan, I talk about there's only been a finite cap space, whereas where with the Saints, it seems unlimited because every year they just find more and more money. But like, there is only a finite cap space. You do have to prioritise positions over positions and making good use of that cap space. And you're I understand. Me, you're telling me that CD Lamb is worth 25 million, but Saquon Barkley isn't worth 13 million? Yep. And what about reason... Daniel Jones is 40 million? Would yeah, you not have get... moved on to another quarterback? If I, listen, if I was the Giants, I wouldn't have signed Daniel Jones to a $40 million contract that I gave some and I would have given some of that money to Barkley. That's not my argument that I'm making here. What I'm saying is there's certain positions that you would that are valued at higher because even though C D Lamb, right, isn't as good as say Barkley is, like Barkley is a top three running back, C D Lamb wouldn't make that. But because C D Lamb is an above average to good wide receiver in this league. Like he he's definitely a top twenty wide receiver in the league. He will make like so much more money than a running back because yeah. it's more valuable in the, today's modern game. It's more valuable to have a wide receiver that can get open okay. and catch the ball. Okay, I'm I'm gonna trust that you two guys are re- reasonable GMs right now. I'm telling you that you've got Josh Jacobs that you you can lock him up for six million pounds. Or you you can pay six million pounds to get Josh Jacobs for two years, or you can get Isaiah Pacheco for free. Yeah, I'll get Isaiah Pacheco for free. What are you talking about? Yeah. You won't. Uh, what about Saquon Barkley? You can get Saquon Barkley for six million for two years, or Pacheco. I mean, six six million is not a lot. So that's what I'm asking you. As a hopefully reasonable How much, GM. Yeah, I, I would want basically the on. cap. The cap is ten million. You're telling me you're not going to value him three no, million I, over that. If 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 it was a uh, six million for Barkley for a year, then yeah, of course I'm going to get Barkley for six mil. But then the, why are they giving these guys a tag of ten million for a year and not just saying, okay, we'll give you what twenty six million two years? The tags, the, the tags will work out at 22 million for two years anyway. You're paying not even six, you're paying four million more for that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't agree in some ways with the decision not to pay these guys because, like you said, they are good. I'm just saying that you have to prioritize other areas of the, of the like, roster. Essentially. But it's such a minimal amount that you're going to, you, they just have to put a little bit more. But it, it's such a minimal amount. But then when you start, this is this is the problem with like wide receivers and stuff, though. It's a minimal amount, but then that minimal amount keeps going up and up because you'll get in the next season, someone else will come in and say, well, I'm better than that. I want more money than that. And it will keep going up and up. And then you'll be in the same situation as you are with like receivers now where they like, you know, Christian Kirk ruined the market for wide receivers. But like, that's the, that's the problem now. The market for wide receivers went up because of Christian Kirk. The Jaguars went, we're going to pay you loads of money. He put the market right up. And I think it's bit a lot of these GMs on the on the backside. So when it comes to running backs, McCaffrey reset the market, right? He got the highest contract for a running back that I can remember. But then GMs now, because of everything that happened in Christian Kirk, them overpaying wide receivers, it's not coming to fruition, are going to be worried about overpaying running backs the same way. Do you know what running backs need to be doing? Do you remember Zeke Kelly in year three? He, he basically like argued fiercely for a new contract in year three. Running backs need to threaten a holdout before they're going to be tagged. Yeah. Like in their rookie deals, they need to be like year three. Okay, I want the bag now, or I'm going to create problems. I I, I agree with that. Like, I I do agree with that. If uh if that's the case, like 
it, if they don't feel they're getting valued enough, that's fine. The problem is there's always going to be other guys out there. Like that's, that's just the problem with the NFL. There's always going to be other guys. And let's talk about it. guys like Kareem Hunt, who's a good running back in his own right, who's a free agent still. Yeah, but he he won't get paid. And a lot of the, a lot of the like the Kareem Hunt thing's different because although he's a good running back, I don't know. He's like got nearly thirty now, isn't he? So yeah, you, and obviously it's the money aspect is why he's not signed. Well, I, I don't know because Kareem Hunt doesn't count for me because I don't. I think there's enough rookies out there that you could argue would be able to do as good a job as Kareem Hunt. Like, I think you'd put a risk on a rookie, not not paying a rookie as much, to do as good a job. Yeah, but that's the thing what we talk about with running backs. <laughs> Anyone can play the position. To a... To a to like you, don't, you don't need an elite running back in roster building to win a Super Bowl. So long as you've got an elite offensive line. Yeah, yeah so long as you've got Patrick Mahomes, you can roll with Isaiah Pacheco. You know, just find a Patrick Mahomes. Eagles don't have it. They've got Jalen Hurts. This is what I mean, like, to win a Super Bowl. Oh, you don't come on, it. man. You're telling me that, fine, take Derek Henry from the Titans. I hate both of you right now. You guys have got me in a bad mood. Like, I've, look I've at, seen this argument. Look at, Leonard, look at Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Yes, with Tom Brady. With, Tom, with a declining Tom Brady. It wasn't, Tom Brady it wasn't, was good enough at that point. It wasn't an elite level Tom Brady. He won it because his offensive line was at that year probably the best defensive line in football and he would he was able to fall forward four yards of play because the offensive line made holes for him. You're having this elite quarterback play from the Super Bowl winners and that's why you're being like, oh it's fine, you don't need running back. Get I, me Patrick Mahomes. Get me a Jalen Hurts. Get me a Tom Brady. I, I honestly I honestly as much as I want to agree that they should be paid, I get the other side of it is all I'm saying. I get why people are wary of paying them. And I get all that. And also, like, with the with running backs, they, they are the most likely player to get injured on the pitch, which arguably should be why they get paid more, because they get a lot of hits. But I don't make the rules. I'm just here that's why, making that's my why comment also, on it. That's why also GMs move on from them, because they are more likely to take the hits. Well, the more, hits, fresh the, the more, every time. more hits they take, the more likely they are to keep And, you know, hits. like, we talk about the age of an NFL player in general. Running backs used to be able to play until like age 33, 34. I'm looking at Adrian Peterson type players. Now, considering where the market's going, you're looking at age 27 as classed as I, a running back, no? I disagree that they're like, because I think there's been a few players that have managed to like break over that hill and, and carry on playing like Frank Gore. You know, Adrian yeah, but Peterson, I'm t- okay, go back even 10 more years. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of players that, 30 old running backs. I think 30 is where, like, I think late 20s is where they fall off. No, but and we uh, now classify 27 as kind of old for running yeah. back. And, I, and I, I agree with that because at the end of the day, by the time that you get to your mid, like your late 20s, because if they've played a lot of football, they're taking a lot of hits, a lot of, a lot of like wear and tear. It means that they do lose some of that burst that they once had. But it's also because the NFL game has changed and how the runners, running backs are now well, expected to be smaller. The, well, so also the, the game's, look at Derek the game's Henry. faster. Yeah, and, but Derek Henry, with the style he plays, at 27, I'll have no issue with Derek Henry. 28, I'll have no issue with Derek Henry just because of how he's used. A lot of these air back, the running backs are used as airbacks and they're asked to play in the open field, so you're going to notice even small changes. Derek Henry is not that guy. 
but so he can he can play a longer career i feel but then that that was sort of adrian peterson's situation as well and frank mm. gore that's the style of football they play i feel it, it comes down to it comes down to the sort of running back you are because leonard fournette as much as like i take the mick out of him stuff he could easily get a job somewhere and run for four yards to carry and that's all if they needed to do yeah if he was good enough he is good enough but i would i would say some of this age thing is this might be controversial but some of its perception some of it's partly fantasy football spilling over like you're, yeah. you're not taking risks like mike evans is 29 cooper cup like we talk about mike evans like he's old he's 29 years old you're cooper cup you got cooper cup who's 30 years old and i don't talk about this guy's been old i don't well, i don't believe the old I, I also I think just, it's how they look, you know. With, they, with, they receive, look... with receivers, I'm totally different. I think receivers can play now longer. They have longer careers. They... I think it's going to change. I think they're going to end up being more replaceable as the game. The college game comes back more and yeah. more in, in the next Well, I think, I think that's all players are getting more and more replaceable, except for quarterbacks. Because... Quarterbacks and linemen. And I think you're stud players. Like, you, you always get stars at every position. But then the crop of players you get through college nowadays, a lot of them can step in and play at NFL level. So then because the college game's getting better, it means that the, the quality of player in the NFL is getting better, meaning that it's, it, they are replaceable guys. Uh, and the rules obviously favour offence more now, making it more easy for offensive players to do well. For yeah, sure. now you don't have to be big and fast. Now you can just be fast and win. <laughs> but let, let's... um Before... Because we, we're, we're still talking about running backs. I just want to talk about Eckler and we're talking about value and stuff. It was just interesting to me that he's outed the charges uh, and came out and spoke about them, basically saying that they, they said that he would be able to be traded, but he would need to get high picks in the trade. But then they're only willing to pay him the low pick value. Like he feels like they're not paying him his worth, but asking him to get a high worth back for him if he was traded. And it's interesting when he said they 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 basically have all the leverage in the in the deal. Like he's he's basically at their whim, and I like that is a bad situation for him. Like you know, I mean that's that is terrible because I don't think like they're gonna say they want a high value because Eckler is one of the premier running backs in the league. But why they don't have to they're pay not him, paying him? Yeah, why they don't have to pay him? They're not going to, and I don't think they'll re-sign him next year. Yeah. No. No, and I think Eckler would want to move on as well. But I feel that's just harsh because why would you agree to him that you can trade? I mean, I know it's to try and make it seem like you're letting it fair, whereas you're not actually being, you're not actually considering it because if you're telling him he needs a high draft pick for them to consider it, and that's right, not let's, reasonable. Let's take these four running backs: Eckler, Pollard, Jacobs, and um, Saquon. Who's back? Out of those four guys to their exist current teams next year. Pollard. And I Pollard. Pollard and maybe Saquon. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Saquon, but I don't know. I'm gonna say Pollard and Saquon. I think Josh Jacobs, you can see that's not happening actually. You can see it's not happening. Uh, uh, I think Saquon for me is the most likely to be back. Saquon, uh, well, no, he Pollard, wants to stay in New York. Pollard's the most likely to be back. But then I don't Pollard's... trust. I don't trust the Cowboys to make a decision. Like I feel I th- Jerry I think, Jones is makes it very personally it, based. I think it depends how well he plays this year. I just the Saquon thing. I think if he holds out a training camp and stuff, there'll be a little bit of disconnect there, yeah. and I think that that will 
spill Dave on the season. Debo knows that he needs Saquon. Um, there is a thing that I, I I can't remember where I was hearing this, but there's a running backs need a certain amount of games to accrue in a season. There's a chance that they come back week one, accrue the season. If they get into the playoffs, they can literally be like, okay, I'm sitting out now. Give me the bag. And as a team, like, it's, it sounds crazy, but as a team, you have to pay him if he's going to sit out in the playoffs. Like, the playoff, playoff checks are different. That's but, not in your base check. Yeah, but he can sit out of the playoffs. He's, yeah, he's but saying he's players want to play in the playoffs. And that's true, but he can also... Players want their bags. It's it's the yeah. it is the ultimate like holding them over a barrel because he yeah. could say I'm not going to play, but and I, I don't probably think, need to at this stage. But I don't think anyone would. But do you, that, as a GM, if your star player did that, you would have to pay the guy there and there. If my star player did that, or call his bluff, I I would say get out of my building. I would say get out of my building because they will have all season to negotiate an extension with him now. I know, like they, they don't, they can't. Well, not they until twenty twenty four off season, they can't discuss a long term deal. Well, that's that's really, well. I mean, you say they can't discuss. There's obviously going to be off the table, like behind closed doors, talks about extensions. Like they're going to have a whole season to like to negotiate. Maybe not officially then, but they're going to be able to negotiate still with him in the building. Like, let's see what we can do. It was interesting Josh Jacobs was sitting with Max Crosby in the car uh, waiting for the deadline because they were working out a deal and he was thinking that it might get done. Oh, that really? was interesting, reading that today, yeah. I I don't I don't see Jacobs staying there, though. I feel like he feels too disrespected by Las Vegas. Well, they were by... working on it and he was, li- he was in the parking lot with Max Crosby. Waiting. I, think it, I think he'll go. I think McDaniels is just shown in disrespect ever since he's been there. And if you're I Jacobs, the, the outfit hasn't shown a winning mentality anyway. Like He's talked about his frustration with losing games after games, and I, I, I don't blame him for testing the market. Signing Jimmy Garoppolo to replace Derek Carr, for me, is the ultimate we're not trying to win anything soon <laughs> move. Well, I mean, they still have a chance. Depending on how healthy Grappolo is, they still have a chance not to sign him, right? Does it have to be healthy during training camp or they can cut him for free? Yes, but then you're going back to Brian Hoyer to wow. save his season. McDaniels has played Hoyer before, you know. A, a lot of interesting storylines that are going to spill over to training camp and into week one. Yeah, training camp will be interesting um, just because of stories like this and see what happens. But we are going to end the podcast there for today. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, We'll be back at some point next week to discuss more NFL news and good bits. But until then, see you. Peace. Bye.